When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you happy right now? Overjoyed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most cherished hour of your life every week. It's Under the Radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. With me, as always, my friend of yours, Inka. I like that cherished hour of your week. That's very fun. Yeah, it's not fun. It's cherished. Cherished. Love it. Your friend of mine, dude, wherever. I like the Purd cast just because of Purd Happily on Parks and Rec. Yeah, that one's for you then, I guess. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, everybody. How's it going? We got a fun show today. I think we got a fun show today. Yeah. We have a cherished show today. Yeah. Cherished. That's I'm like, wow. We are cherished. It should be all right. Yeah. Uh, you want to jump into it? Yeah, let's go. Because we got, so here's the thing. We got a tweet, and I can't remember who it's from, and I wish I could. Uh, and I actually, I think I noted, like, I tagged both of you in it. and be like, put this in the rundown for next week. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and none of us did. So anyway, someone asked, though. <laughs> so obviously you're listening. Uh, sorry we can't shout you out properly. But uh, he did he had a question, that, a strategy question, an overall question that we thought would be great for the show is, how do you tank a team uh, without pissing off the entire league? And I think we correct someone in the way corrected it to like, how do you sell off your team or how do you rebuild your team without pissing off the entire league? Because uh, you don't necessarily have to tank. Um, I thought it was interesting because you know I've I've done it, I'm doing it, um, and it's fun, actually a lot of fun. And I don't think I've gotten anyone angry along the way. In fact, people are pissing me off because they're trying to rip me off uh, because I think they just feel like okay. It was Derek McIntyre, by the way. Is it, oh, he found it. I found it, and I went back. Derek Shout out McIntyre. Derek McIntyre. Do you want to read it word for word? or was I Hey, okay? fellas, could you discuss proper etiquette for tanking in a dynasty league? Are there do's and or don'ts? Would you have to meet a weekly minimum AB requirement? Can teams put prospects ahead of MLB guys in lineups? I have some theories. I have some thoughts about this. Very much. Yeah, go ahead, man. I mean, we'll get into some other stuff eventually. I mean, we got to, we got to talk about this Twins coach because I find that wild, and I think that's a perfect Ian topic. I, I don't know that I, I'd be I'm interested to hear what the full story of it is. I know that he left. I don't know. I didn't I didn't follow it as closely as as, as so you may have to fill me in. The, I guess the one thing I, I do like the weekly minimum at bat requirement. There's there's a couple of there's a league I'm in where people are setting legal lineups. I don't like that. I really don't like that at all. Um, where they're not accumulating any points, and it's kind of within the rules of the league, and no one stopped them. And I'm not commissioner of the league, and I like these guys, so I'm not going to say anything. But um, it, it, I don't think that's right. I think you should have to field the lineup as well as you can. Uh, in XFL, we have a thing where you only pick up guys once a month, and last year uh, there was some um, there was some awkwardness because people were picking up prospects or young guys not prospects because you're not allowed but young guys that not not filling positions that they needed and ron chandler kind of i wouldn't say blew a gasket but kind of made a point that that wasn't the way that he wanted things to go so oh, in that league oh, like you if you, you angered ron chandler and it wasn't me i mean you i mean that's the royal you i mean you angle you 
everybody listening, if you anger Ron Chandler, you've done something wrong. Really? Why? Because he's oh, Ron's so chill? not an angry guy. Ron's Ron's like no, no. I... Yeah, Ron gets this uh, reputation as like this old guard, you know, fantasy runs Tower Wars, but he's actually like very forward thinking and fun, and uh, like you. But I mean, for him to get, you know. He wasn't DVR. Am I because you're in this league? Did did I ever set that? Is he, he maybe not angry, but kind of frustrated? Is that fair? I think he did what a good commissioner is supposed to do, and he made a point to just let people know that they were running afoul of the rules as they were intended to be written. That's the way I interpreted it. Cool. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. So, so although the the person who who was nervous about making Ron mad, maybe that's why I was like. He was mad because, you know, the guy who was involved was like, well, I don't want to make him upset. Um, so either way, and it wasn't bad. And, and Ron, I thought, handled it with grace and everyone handled it with grace. But in that league every month, like I am clear that I got to drop players to make sure that I have a full healthy lineup at the beginning of the month. This is the team I share with the great Steve Gardner, sweet Steve Gardner, smart Steve Gardner. So we make sure that like if we got to pick up a Michael King um, or you know, whatever we got to do, we'll pick up the player, even if even though in this particular year, we are not going for it at all. We are being the agent for everyone else because next year we're going to be going for it and the year after and the year after and the year after and the year after. But we make sure to fill our lineups every week. I think that's important. I don't think you should be putting minor league guys who aren't in the majors into major league spots. That's that's my thinking on on that on that particular point. I, I I think there should be you should try to play a team the same way that the Oakland A's are playing a team and they're tanking, right? They're they're certainly not going for anything, but they put out nine guys to hit every day and they put out their pitchers and they accumulate those stats. I think that's how it should be in dynasty leagues. I, I'm open to hearing certainly other ideas that may change my mind. DVR, I think it comes back to what the rules of the league are. I mean, I think the problem with etiquette in a situation like this at least is that there's too much room for interpretation like if the rules don't require you to play non-injured players if you have them right then i think people can start to within reason to do whatever they want so that's the hard part of this is you have to make sure that as a group you've talked over what you want your league to be like and in off seasons or even when issues come up in season you talk about how to how to make the situation more fair for the group when these problems come up, because they inevitably come up in every league in, in some form, right? Yes. Multi, multi-year leagues are, they're some of the hardest leagues to run just because there's such a, a, a long time investment that many people put into something like that. So I, I think the clearer the rules are about what the requirements are for roster management, the better off you are. If you don't have clear requirements, I guess it comes down to what do you feel like your obligation is to the rest of the league? If you're rebuilding, I mean, Ian, if you're in that situation, it sounds like you are inclined to at least put a real lineup onto the field. And XFL is a little bit different because of the monthly moves. Most, you know, most leagues out there probably have weekly. So you have more opportunities to replace those players. Uh, I, I would probably err on that side too. I, I would want to just put an actual lineup in, compete in the counting stats, at least even if my ratios are gonna be bad and, and just sort of yeah. do right by the league that way, since in rotisserie, what you do, regardless of your standings position, has impact on other teams. I uh, I disagree. I'm actually okay. so I'm starting Michael Conforto in a in a dynasty league, in the Scott White dynasty league right now. But here's why I think you can do that in this specific league is because we have a 12, 12 guy minor league system, 
Um, you know, and you call guys up, you lose those spots. You can't add anyone to the minor league system except for the draft. And so the draft every year, uh, the order is determined by your standing, how you finish the consolation bracket. So what Scott does is everyone makes the playoffs, makes the playoffs. Um, the rest of the teams, you know, the 24, I can't, I don't know what the numbers are, to be honest. But, you know, whatever, let's say 18 don't. Um, no, wait. No, that's not right. Whatever. Let's say just 10 don't, whatever, whatever. They go off into a loser's bracket, and the winner of that bracket gets the first pick of the draft. I like that. So, I mean, you can tank, but if if you do that, you're screwed because you'll get picked, you know, like 16 by going, you know, 1 and 20 or whatever. Not bad, right? So I don't mind. Like, I'm starting Conforto now, but I'm going to call up a couple guys before this is over. Isn't that a... Is, hmm, I'm just going to be straight with him and give you my opinion. Isn't that a head-to-head leak? Uh, yeah, it's head-to-head. So every time they somebody plays you, they're going to win pretty much, right? Uh, well, one person didn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but aren't you hurting your draft position by playing Conforto? It seems like the rule is there to do what it's supposed to do. Uh, no, well, no, because I can win the. I can just at the end of the year just grab a couple. people. Oh, it's because of know. the consolation bracket. It's the, the consolation year. bracket. Yeah, I so, see. I mean, okay, well, it's head to head instead of roto. So yeah, in Maki, we the rule we have is if you, if you finish last, you don't pick first. The, you, the first team that doesn't cash gets the first pick in the reserve draft, and it goes down to the bottom of the standings from there. And then it goes from the last money spot up to the league winner to round out the, the end of the draft order. So that way there's an incentive for teams that are trying to to win the league, those who fall short over the course of the season, to keep making moves, to keep making any sort of adjustment they can to eventually have that higher reserve pick. I should know this, but so in Maki, if you come in 16th place, you're getting like the 14th pick. Is that right? About twelfth, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not picking first for finishing last, or you're not. You're not. You're not even picking in the top three. No, or for think- in the top five even. Like it, it doesn't go the team that came in fifth, sixth, seventh, then the bottom of the draft. It's it goes like in reverse order. Yeah, and it wasn't an original rule. It was something that I think maybe three. Like this league's almost like it's ten or eleven years old now, and I think it was three or four years in. A few people spoke up after one of the seasons where somebody went hard tank and was playing injured guys and, and prospects and, and they said you know this is kind of bad for the teams that are contending what can we do we put it in in advance and everyone seems to be on board with that as a good you know kind of a good incentive to keep things going I mean it, I think that's the hard the hard thing about keeper in dynasty leagues is keeping the entire league engaged for the full season it's a really tough thing to do but if you can keep the teams in fifth through eighth place engaged as well if they're also making pickups in the final weeks of the season. And obviously there's an incentive for teams at the bottom to keep looking for value in September. But I just think having everybody playing as long as possible is better for competitive balance in the league in the long run. It's complicated. It's complicated. It is. I mean, you're in a deep league too, and you're looking for the future. And like, if you're going to lose anyway, like I, like Conforto's a $9 player for me next year, you know, what am I going to cut him? Actually, I already cut him once because he was at like 40 bucks. Uh, and then I got him back at nine because no one was paying attention, I guess. Got it. And so, well, nobody wanted him because they're playing the game. And you, is that's not true. Is there... You got seven spots on your bench. Oh, okay. That's what I was asking. But then why? I don't know. I mean, for But he's for not me, on IL. For me, and I play in a lot of different keeper slash dynasty leagues, and there are different rules, right? I mean, there are different rules about it. Some people will, but it, it, it's the spirit of the game to me. I think that matters a little bit. You know, um, and and in XFL, it actually does matter. 
you kind of want to be at the bottom of, of your league every month because it, that goes in reverse order. So the first pick in the draft goes to the team in the last place, which I kind of like. But I'm starting all, if I have a healthy guy to start, I'm starting him every single time. Um, I don't know. It just feels like the right thing to do for me and for Steve. Like we just, we put in our healthy players because yeah, that that's, I think that's it. I think that's a, I think that's a fair discussion. There's so much more that we can get into that we're not going to get into today. Cause that would be the, the entire show. Um, maybe people it, want it, that as the entire show. Maybe, but it, I'm not the only team in the league doing this either. It's not, I mean, I'm not taking a personal shot at you anymore than I'm taking a personal shot at my friends in devil's rejects who are using this technique. It, it, it's, I, 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 especially in that league where if you finish last, you get the first pick. I understand why they're doing it, <laughs> but like they have zero points over the course of the season. Like yeah. they, cause they, they kept an illegal lineup every week. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't like that. Like, well, do you not like the rule? I mean, can't you change the rule that if you have like, say you have Conforto in there, say you're at least fielding a quote unquote legal lineup with all the spots filled, you get zero points. I would say that you should have to do that for sure. Without question. And that you should do that. Yes, I, I definitely think you should have to do that. And in the league that I commission, we make sure of that. But I don't think people get mad. I mean, maybe I mean, maybe someone like you, like, I've been on both sides of this. And if I'm playing someone who's got a couple IL spots, guys in there, I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, this isn't, I don't think this falls under pissing someone off. Because like, every, you know, everyone's going to get a shot at him. I know it's the randomness of the schedule maker, but... You know, you have just as good a shot of facing this person as I do and getting that easy win. I mean, I'm also just sort of out on head to head as a good format for fantasy baseball. And I know people out there play it and like it. And if you play it and like it, that's totally fine. But I just think it's a it's a weird way to play. You know, it's funny. Um, Head to head. There was some talk of this on Twitter yesterday. I think it was Michael Govier was talking about it. And then Ryan Bloomfield who's great. Both, Both those guys are great. And Bloomfield said, uh, I think somebody said, how about head-to-head without playoffs? How would you feel about that? Would you like that better? Head-to-head that at the end of the season, you you don't have to play the playoffs. I mean, because people are like, I hate head-to-head because you, like, you're in first place all season. Then you get to the playoffs, and you have a bad week, and you're out. It's 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 bull crap, right? I just stopped a beep. I just stopped a beep. <laughs> you know what my answer to that is? It's kind of baseball, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of how baseball works. Like you play a whole season, you make it to the playoffs, you have a hundred, you know, like the Seattle Mariners in 2001, 116 wins, and then they end up losing in the playoffs. And it's like, all right, well, it's like the cruelty of baseball in that way. So I think it's 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 actually appropriate. I, I, I do it head to head roto. I'm going to I created a head to head roto league in 2010, which I then left three years ago because I was too busy, like with too many other teams I was playing in. This one was still in Tout Wars head to head. And I was like, I can't have two head to head leagues. And there's too much headaches of dealing with as commissioner of this league. And I'm just too busy. And so I took a couple of years off and then a, a spot opened up this year and I joined it back up. I'm enjoying it. I really am. It's an added little bonus on Sunday where you're like, oh, this actually matters. Like, is Trey Turner going to get that RBI at the end of the game against Matt Gaines? <laughs> Matt Gaines had Trey Turner. We were tied in RBI. He ends up getting an RBI because Kenley Jansen blew my save for Spencer Strider in every league that I had after Strider went seven. I'm sure there are others who have that 
same feeling about Spencer Strider and that blown safe, but it also made it so that he got, we were tied. So I would have gotten half a point and then he got the extra point. It's kind of fun. Like there is, there is fun to it. Like it, it, it can be enjoyable as well. I think I would like it better if major league baseball made a balanced schedule. If we lived in a world where major league baseball schedule was six games for every single team every week. Every team gets one off day out of seven days. And then you knew going into the weekly format, they have six games. Everyone's going to have kind of a balanced opportunity at maxing out playing time, obviously roles and understanding how roles work and who shares and who doesn't. That becomes a factor that would help. You know, I think part of the the issue I have is the imbalanced schedule. Part of it's the, the ratio categories over such a small period of time, but there's some other tweaks you could make. I mean, I know there are football leagues that run total points and then they also run the head to head format and they do head to head sometimes as an all play. There's, there's all these different variations you can put together that can make things more balanced. I think if I were playing in a head to head league, I'm more of the, I want the team that was the best team over the course of the full season to get the largest share of the prize. I would prefer to not have playoffs, but I know some people also extend their playoffs instead of doing one week, you have a, a two week matchup. So if you tweak it, I, I can get on board. I don't like it in the simplest ways that it's played. Well, here's this. We, right before I left that league, which is weird to leave a league that you started with all of your friends and family, like my cousins, my friends, and they're like, really, you're leaving? What are you I'm saying, sorry, I'm leaving. Sorry, guys. But you guys, but the league was strong and it stayed together, which I was proud of and happy for. And then when a spot opened up, I, I came back and they actually gave me my old team back and moved the guy who took over my team to the other team. It was very sweet. What we did, because it felt weird that like a team could be in first place all season, is we are the buy-in was a hundred bucks, and we moved the buy-in to a hundred and twenty bucks. So whoever came in first place over the regular season would just get two forty off the top, mm-hmm. and that made it kind of fun. So then, if you win first place in the regular season, and then first when you win the championship as well, you got like six hundred for the championship, one uh, two forty, so you get eight forty, you know. And if you came in fourth i think you just get your money back you get 50 because there's four teams so it goes 600 300 150 50 it's probably not the math it was something slightly different it's some a little bit a little bit more um you would still get that 240 at the top for your for your regular season it could be what happens to the yankees this season because it looks like they're gonna maybe have (laughs) the best record in baseball the new york yankees who are so much fun to watch oh my goodness gracious me Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, 
I got banned from talking about the Brewers on the Athletic Baseball Show for an indefinite period of time. So I'm going to drop this right here on this podcast because I, I can. What if, what if the Brewers knock out the Mets in the NL, yeah. make it to the World Series, Could and then beat the Yankees in the World Series? How much joy would that bring me? <laughs> is this this is like some is this like some like anti New York vibe or just the idea that you'd be beating what right now looks like the two best teams in baseball? It's the narrative, right? It's it's um, David versus Goliath twice in the same postseason, and yeah. David winning twice. That's the that's the part. I don't have an anti New York thing. I'm, I'm I like New York. Then I would say add the Dodgers to that mix. Oh, they're going to be on the list too. They're right. They're permanently on the list. Excuse me, though. I hope at some point the Brewers can be the team that eliminates the Cardinals either from the playoffs or as the team that knocks them out in the regular season that keeps it from going to the playoffs. Like I, I have a, I have a long list of of teams that I have that I want revenge against as a fan, and Cardinals and Dodgers are always on that list. Here you go, DVR. No, no, I'm just going to take DVR through a little exercise here. Go this ahead. is how it's going to play out. In the wild card round, you're going to be up against the St. Louis Cardinals. How do you feel about that? You're going to beat the St. Louis Cardinals in that game. You're going to send Yadier Molina to his to the end of his career, Pools to the end of his career, and the St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals home. Bye-bye. In the semifinal round, or whatever we call it now, uh, the division championship round or whatever, you're going to play the uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers in a five-game series. I don't know if it's five or seven. And with your starting pitching of Corbin Burns, Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta, who has returned now from injury, you're going to win that series three games to one to get to the championship series against the New York Mets, where you will sweep those New York Mets in four games. So you will send home the St. Louis Cardinals, and then you're sending home the Los Angeles Dodgers. The New York Mets have gone home. You go to the World Series, where you will play the New York Yankees, who have finally made it back to the World Series for the first time since 2009. So far, how are you feeling, DVR? Good. Good? Just good? But now I'm hungry, and now I want, I want the last possible prize. Here's how it goes. You got to play a seven game series against the New York Yankees. The Yankees will have the best record in baseball. So you're going to end up playing four games at uh, at New York, three games in Milwaukee. Game one, Garrett Cole pitches. The Yankees win game one. The Brewers come back to steal game two in a 4-3. Then you go back to Milwaukee and you win game three. You're up two to one. Game four against the New York Yankees. You've got Burns coming back on three days rest. You win game four. You're now up three to one. How are you feeling right now, DVR? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling excited? Or you feel like it's all going to slip out from under you? Oh, I'm feeling like it's all going to slip out from under me. Fantastic. Game five, Brandon Woodruff comes in. He's facing nasty Nestor Cortez. Nando DeFino is screaming that the mustache will save the day. In game five, in game five, in game five, Brandon Woodruff throws a complete game shutout. The Milwaukee Brewers win in five games against the New York Yankees. They are the world champions. How you feel, DVR? Like I'm dreaming. Could happen. <laughs> I know, it's just, it's just so funny looking at those teams because it just doesn't, it doesn't could seem happen. possible that they could beat a gauntlet of teams that spend two hundred plus on their payroll like that. Right? It, it seems far fetched, but they at least have the pitching to do it. It comes down to health, and it comes down to making a couple more moves. They have to. They get have more. the relievers to do it too. Yeah. Are you? Wait. Can I ask you a question? Because this is why I did this. Are you happy right now? Overjoyed. There you go. <laughs> it's all about balance in life, everybody. If you can get somebody like DVR to to be in an overjoyed state, you just got to grab it. You got to take that moment. Listen to like, that joy in his voice too. I know, right? <laughs> overjoyed. 
<laughs> That's their show opening for the show. Are you happy now? Did you guys watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, I should, though. Do you, Nando, you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I celebrate anything Andy Samberg. I'm going to put that show on the list of shows that I had pretty low expectations for that I ended up laughing at a lot. I, I enjoyed it. Is it on Hulu? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I just got Hulu. I just bought Hulu. So, so that we could, Nicole, my wife was just like, can we, we should buy, we should, I want to watch the Steve Martin show with Martin Short. Um, and so we got Hulu and then we realized that Modern Family, we can watch all of Modern Family without fast forwarding through the commercials all the time. So we have watched Modern Family, but you're saying Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, is a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a movie recommendation. We haven't done this in a while. On HBO Max, there is a movie that is leaving, um, that is leaving at the end of July on HBO Max that is an old movie from 1991. That's a long time ago. I am sure the DVR has not seen this movie. I would expect that Nando DeFino has not seen this movie because he was only 13 years old when this movie came out. This is one of the... I mean, they have DVDs and stuff. Preeminent movies of my life and kind of helped me shape my philosophy of life, for sure. Emmanuel in the Orient. Close. Problem Child 2. That's the one. Defending Your Life by Albert Brooks, starring Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep and Rip Torn, who is freaking hysterical. I've seen this. It is this the one where he goes he goes to heaven and uh there's a It's not heaven. It's not heaven. It's the in-between place where you review your life and you have to defend your life. Pure comedy. I remember I've seen this. It's not it's not like it's not it's and I promise you it will make you just cry with joy. What was that movie with the guy who died in the drag race in the 50s and came back and haunted that guy? That uh, I don't know. To get to heaven? Hold no on. idea. Oh, all right, that one's going to kill me now. Right, Sorry. Yeah, and, and, and we're getting into that dangerous mode. And then of, the kid of... tried to do the drag race, and he, I don't want to spoil it, but you yep, know. My fault. All, all my fault. Well, either way, Defending Your Life is leaving in July. Watch the movie. Please watch the movie. It will it will improve your life. It will improve your life. If you watch that movie, you will have a better feeling about life and a better understanding, perhaps, of what life is all about, I think. And it's funny. It's not, like, deep at all. I mean, it is deep, but it's not, it's not going to, you know, it's just great. It's just great. All right. That's our segment on how not to piss off your league mates when you're trying to There you to go. Take. Defending yeah. your life. <laughs> <laughs> Diver. Um, I mean, I, th- I feel like we've, I don't think we've answered his question, but maybe we could just do that on Twitter so we can get some other stuff in here. Yeah, let's get some other stuff in there. I mean, we, we've certainly gotten into it and, and and thank you for for the question. Uh, wait, hold on. What's his name again? He, he's Derek. That's right. I was like, he's got a name. Der- I mean, yeah, like. Derek. Like Derek McIntyre. Nice big, nice big smile on his face too. I like that guy. Every once in a while he asks us a question. I was like, oh, I like that guy. He's got a nice smile. I like that guy. I want to get into Jaron Duran. Yeah, let's talk about it. And we might be, I mean, we might be a week late on him, but he's got, he's an interesting spot. Um, he was, you know, we talked about him a little bit going up, going down, batting lead off when he's up and then getting sent down. Um, I feel like right now, like the, I think like he's going to stay up and he's going to hit lead off for the rest of the year for the Red Sox. Am I wrong about that? You might be right about that, um, but you might be wrong about that. It was an interesting pickup this weekend in the main event because it was like, do we pick him up? Um, because his price should go down because he's not going to be playing in Toronto. Also, Tanner Houck did not play in Toronto, which is why the Blue Jays won that game last night. I mean, Houck comes in and closes that game. Houck's not there. Blue Jays win. Um, 
it's a big advantage for the Blue Jays because every every time a team comes in, two or three players it seems are not on the team. It's really yeah, no kidding, odd. right? Like I mean, like yeah, it's a big advantage. It's a big advantage for the Blue Jays. Uh, they, they how Derek, close is uh, that game? DPR, which Brewers are unvaccinated in case they face each other in the World Series? Who's not going to be able to, to play against? Wow, that be that be so intense. I don't know. I think that's if you if you're a team that hasn't played them in interleague in Toronto, you're sitting there you're like, well, hopefully somebody just knocks them out for us, so we don't have to miss Please. these guys that are refusing. Seriously, to do this. what happens in the playoffs? Please, Corbin Burns, be vaccinated. <laughs> He's not going. Jaron Duran is not there, not playing. It's a it's a bummer for him because he's been hot and he's been running. I'm at this place, man, where I'm like, if you steal bases, like I said this in my mini rant last week. It wasn't a rant, but my mini ideas that I wanted to share about how you think about the game. Really, it's just absolutely true. Like guy, like Freddie Freeman, who we're going to talk about in a minute at some point in the show. Freddie Freeman just finishes this whole thing about crying in Atlanta and everything else. And then Kershaw calls him out and says, I hope you don't think we're a second rate team. What's the first thing he does? He singles and steals second base. It's your way of getting back to being a baseball player. I'm telling you. I said this about Javier Baez like a month ago, remember? Or three weeks ago. I was like, hey, Baez is about to get good again. Why? Because he's stealing bases. He's feeling free. He's feeling comfortable enough to to take a risk to fail, right? That's the idea. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to get thrown out. Once you start playing the game like that, things loosen up for you. Right. So Duran running constantly. It's a it's a really good sign for a baseball player. Is he a must add? How about that? Yeah, I, I would I would add Jaron Duran. I, I don't know. I mean, I, but you were hesitant. No, I'm I'm adding. If you can add Jaron Duran, I would even add him in a 12 team right now just to throw him on the bench. It's like adding, when I added John Birdie a few weeks ago in that head to head league. I was like, look, he's stealing bases. Like as long as he's stealing yeah, bases, no kidding, man. he's he's of value. Like he brings value to the team. Stolen bases and saves, like anytime you could pick up Lou Trevino, picked up Lou Trevino everywhere this weekend. Cheap as hell. He got two saves over the weekend. Why did I pick him up? Puck. No, it's not going to be AJ Puck. It looks like it's going to be Lou Trevino. Well, it's very obvious now. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. Right, but so Lou Trevino is like pick up saves and steals wherever you can because you can always trade saves and steals. Made a big trade with Matt Deutsch and GDD this week. DVR, did you see that trade? I saw that trade. Gave, gave him steals and saves that he needed. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> he sounds unimpressed. All right, DVR, we'll, we'll we'll dive into this relationship you have with Matt Deutsch later in the show. Matt Deutsch, very nice man, very nicest nice guy man. in the world, and, and good trade, and got Riley. He got Riley Green. He got Sir Anthony Dominguez, um, and he got oh, uh, what's that? I can't. Why can I not remember the star pitcher for the San Francisco Giants? Logan Webb. Why does it take me an extra three seconds to have to recover that in my mind? I don't know. I own him on so many teams. Logan Webb. But so that that's how I feel about Jaron Durant. Do you pick up Jaron Durant? I'm a yes on the pickup on Jaron Durant. DBR? Yep. Does a little bit of everything. I think he plays a lot. I, I, I don't think I don't think they need to play Jackie Bradley Jr. as much as they have to this point going forward. They can make him a backup outfielder. Sounds like a fake injury is coming. No, just Brian, Jackie yes. Bradley Jr. ankle, maybe hamstring. They don't need to. He could be. He'd be a really good fourth outfielder. And then the the, the question is when Kike comes back. But also like Franchi Cordero, who I was super excited about about a month ago. Yeah, he's not really doing it. He's not really doing it so much. So you know, teams look for guys who are uh, doing good stuff. Like this guy Bly in Pittsburgh. He's playing every day. 
Bly is what's his first name? Like or is it, that's his last name. His first name is Bly. Bly, what's what is it? I picked him up in Tower Wars. Hold on, so I have him. I have him. Bly right Madras. Here. Yeah, Madras. He's a weird name. B L I G H Madras. Bly Madras. I don't even know what a Bly Madras is, but I do know that he's playing. Is he every Irish? Day. Maybe. I yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I went to school with a Tommy Bly. He was super Irish. It was B L I G H. His last name was B L I G H. Maybe that's Maybe it. Tommy Bly's son. Super Irish. I'm the one <laughs> that invented right. the shepherd's pie panini yesterday. What is a shepherd's pie panini? <laughs> right. Sorry, Never. everybody. I really want to know. Actually, I didn't make this one a panini. I, I did it on a bread that could have been a panini. So this was a sloppy was ciabatta. Joe. No, it was, it was sourdough. It was sourdough. It's too bad. Ciabatta is the best kind of bread. No, shepherd's pie filling on, on sourdough. Toasted sourdough with some sharp cheddar. Very good. Oh, man. That's like Wisconsin all the way, babe. But so it's really about guys who are getting the opportunities to play. And you just got to roll with it. And you got to say, hey, maybe this will work. And then it doesn't work. And then you go, all right, well, let's try it again. Let's try another one. Like uh, Diego Castillo, the the middle infielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, picked him up in Devil's Rejects last week. Didn't start him this week, but he hit four home runs. And I'm like, yo, he hit four home runs. And then this week, I'm trying to decide, what am I going to do with the second base spot that John Segura is out of now and has been a constant problem in this league because we're fighting for the championship, Wilson, Carmen and I. Did you pick up Hoy Park? No, did not right. pick up Hoy Park. Did not pick up Hoy Park because I, I don't I don't love where he's hitting in the order. Picked up Josh Harrison. Picked up Josh Harrison. Night. Had a good game last good night. Good timing. Yeah, and he he's in the lineup and then traded with, the, with uh, Tom Trudeau. Made a trade with Tom Trudeau yesterday. Uh, <laughs> finally made that, made a trade. Um, I could read that trade for everybody if they want. To, if you want to hear it, it's it's a significant dynasty trade. Uh, three players going each way, really helping both teams. Like legitimately, it is a good trade. And he sent an, he sent two versions of an offer. Uh, I spoke to Wilson Caraman, and I said Wilson was like, "No, I want to do." It. I said, well, "Let's look at this again. It's really a fair offer." Um, and we ended up making one little tweak. He offered us. Uh, it's a one-catcher OBP league. He offered us Travis Darno because our Sal Perez is hurt. And Darno has been on and off the wire, believe it or not, in this league. Because it's one-catcher, and some people are just putting minor league guys in there. Travis Darno, he gave us Chris Taylor, and he originally offered us Kikuchi for Christian Vasquez for Darno, uh, Nathan Ivaldi, and Adam Frazier. And the Evaldi is the piece that he wants. He wanted the good pitcher, and we've got lots of good pitching. So it ended up being Travis Darno, Chris Taylor, and Carlos Santana coming to us for Christian Vasquez, Nathan Evaldi, and Adam Frazier going to his team. Man, that is a collection of six players I've never had on any of my teams. Really? Yeah. Really? That's, I, I, you know what? I, I feel like that's like all ceiling, guys. Or maybe all floor, all floor guys. Yeah, but okay, also maybe all floor. Yes, yes. Well, it's both. Taylor, I guess it's both. You know, like there's not know. ceiling. I don't. I don't know. There's not that. I mean, it's all like solid floor. Like I like those players, the Chris Taylors of the world. The Chris Taylors of the world are the Ariel Cohen players of the world, where it's just sort of like he's gonna he's gonna play every day. He's gonna get you runs. He's gonna get your RBIs. He's gonna steal you ten to fifteen bases. Hit you ten to fifteen home runs. So it's not gorgeous. It's not sexy, but it's effective. It's just an effective play. Nathan Eovaldi right. is very good. I love Nathan Eovaldi. If I didn't have Nathan Eovaldi in almost every other league that I'm in, I probably wouldn't have done it. Although I'm starting to trade him in more leagues. So it's I'm, I'm running out of Eovaldi's. But I still have him in two other dynasty leagues. Um, so, and, and in that head-to-head like league. Gonna, you, like you know what he is. You know what I mean? Like you, what you know what I mean? is Eovaldi? 
know, okay, good ratios, uh, throws what? hard but doesn't get a ton of strikeouts. One to 100 with mm. the top pitcher being Corbin Burns at one and the 100th pitcher being uh, Kikuchi, even though I think he's 120. Where would Ivaldi land for you DVR? By about 30 when he's healthy. Yep, that's what I think. 30 to 35. Nando Defino. Probably more like 35 to 40 for me. Okay. So then, but I mean, I would, I would rather I go like way off. Mitch Keller, who's like, you know, like I want the guys who are going to break through, and Evaldi's not going to break through, I guess. And that's always yeah. my problem. But you know, but he's really like, good. I mean, Evaldi's good. Like, the, but he's also been put, bad. Not really. Not in the last four years, he hasn't. He has been a solid citizen for these. I've never said that before about a baseball. That's a solid citizen. That's a guy you can count on to give you. He'll blow up twice a year. And give up seven, eight runs. Otherwise, he's going to give you six, seven innings with seven strikeouts, eight strikeouts. He's not going to walk hardly anybody. He'll give up two runs and he'll occasionally get the he'll get the win sometimes, and he won't. He's a really good number three, four, great number four, good number three on a fantasy team. You know, I mean, I, I like Yavaldi. Smart play for Trudeau and his partner um, to take advantage of the fact that we really need that second base slot covered. Chris Taylor gives us that. Um, Darno is an upgrade on Vasquez and Carlos Santana. Who knows what happens to him? He he's been getting hotter, and you know you, you may see Ty France getting a little time at second base because Adam Frazier is stunk. I don't know how he's been in regular baseball, but in fantasy baseball, yuck, yuck, yuck. DVR, what do you think of that trade? Even Steve was bad from 2012 to 2016. Yeah, but it's been six years since then. DVR. I'm just saying he was. Right, right, right. It's he, when he, yeah, when he, I think he was on the Marlins to start. Was he on the? He was on the yeah, Dodgers Marlins, for a Dodgers, minute. He was on the Rays. Your New York Yankees. That's where I fell in love with him. Was watching him pitch for the Yankees because he's throwing a hundred miles an hour, and he's also like a horse up there. Like he just doesn't get tired. He just keeps going. I really like Ivaldi. I just, I just think he's a real solid player. It's, it's really Ivaldi for Chris Taylor. It's, it's really. I mean, take Adam Frazier out, take Carlos Santana out. It's Chris Taylor and Darno for Eovaldi and Vasquez, and we're we're within five or six points of the cha- of the championship. And I want to win this league because I've never won this league. My partner won this league a couple of years before I joined. I'm not my question. You win. Like you're like Adam. You've got that Adam Ronis in you. Like you just, you win. Well, try so not, not yet. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. But I'm asking DVR. What do you think oh, of that bad. trade? Oh no, no, no. You're good. DVR, uh, DVR. What do you think of that trade? I like it. I think Taylor's pretty underrated. Yep. The versatility of just anybody that's a good enough player to be in your lineup all the time that can play two or three spots. I think that's still, we've talked about this for years. I think it's definitely still underpriced somehow on draft. Underpriced. 100% underpriced. Like in that trade, we got Josh Rojas for, uh, in the Corbin Burns trade that we made with Matt Deutsch. I'm so excited to have Josh Rojas on the team because he's got second base, shortstop, third base, outfield. Like, He's my bench player. Like he, if I don't have to go to the wire to get a guy, if one of my guys is hurt, I know Rojas is going in that week. It's so valuable. People need to remember that, especially in NFBCs where, you know, your roster spots are tight. Having a guy that you can just pop. I have Chris Taylor on our main event team. Rob Mershak and I have Chris Taylor on that main event team. He, he's been in the middle infield most of the season. We had Mookie Betts injury. We have Ty, Ty France injury. We have Jesse Winker prop, uh, Harrison Bader injury. We just move Taylor to where we need. It's it's fabulous. It's it's immensely valuable. Where are you guys on Rich Hill? 
I know he's not on the rundown, but I'm still he's to me. Buying you put him. Everywhere. You put him against Ivaldi, and oh. Rich Hill to me is a little more intriguing. Not. I'm not saying I would take him over Ivaldi, but I think like you're going to get more strikeouts, possibly better ratios. Maybe better, maybe comparable ratios. Yeah, and much cheaper for sure. And I'm picking up Rich Hill in every league to start week to week. You know, he's a great streamer because nobody wants to keep him. It seems uh, so. When he's there, I'll grab him unless he's playing the Yankees or playing you know one of those teams. But they seem to be playing the A's every week for some reason. Um, and Rich Hill's great against those situations. Rich, Rich Hill, but he's only going to give you five innings, yeah. maybe six. Yeah. He'll get you five, six strikeouts. He'll get you an occasional win, though. So he's, you know, he's so old, man. God, he's old. He's like 43. Still doing it. It's very yeah. impressive. Yeah, he's ancient. He's really, he also kind of looks old. He's no Bly Madras. He's like those guys back in the 70s. If You're a baseball card. Both of you are baseball card guys. Those guys in the 70s that just look like plumbers. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know like what you're they, talking about. They've yeah. got the mustaches, and they, they look like they're about 15 pounds overweight, and they're out there like Dick Tidro. Dick Tidro. Dick Tidro looked like my plumber growing up. In Can defense we, uh... of Dick Tidro, sports science in the 70s wasn't quite what it is today. Mm-hmm. They were still transitioning from this is a full-time job kind of thing, too, you know? He was a World Series champion, two-time World Series champion for the New York Yankees. Bly Madras, now that you've gotten me obsessed with him, <laughs> His Twitter is Bly Guy. He's a leap year baby. Does that mean he's born on February 29th? He was born on February 29th, 1996. What? How about that? So he is legitimately... How five old is years he? old? He is five Six years old. 20, That's Pirates of Penzance, baby. Four, eight, 12, 16. No, I guess he, he just turned six. He just turned six? It's a lot of upside with that guy. He's like six years old. He's, already in, the, he's already in the show. He's six years old and he's already in the show. Uh, I do want to mention, I, guys, I, I really want to talk about this Freddie Freeman business. What is your vibe on the Freddie Freeman weekend that happened? It was it was like bizarre and beautiful and sad and strange. That's it's how like I would describe it. Guy who graduated high school and kept coming back to the cafeteria for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, get over That's yourself, your man. Uh, you're That's crying. Your- you know, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know the guy. Maybe he really was all torn up about everything. Oh, he was torn up. And then he fired his then agent. Then don't go to the Dodgers. Yeah, then all right, well, there you the, go. Then he fired his agent, man. That sucks. Go play for the Marlins if you want to stay close to Atlanta. Or so. you don't, no, like, you don't... he wanted to be an Atlanta Brave. Like, he wanted to be a Brave for life. Like, he... And, and people who... Like, I work with a lot of people around the country, right? And people down in North Carolina... Some really smart people down in North Carolina that I work with. Well, it's a patronizing love, accent that you're doing, though. That's how the guy talks. You can't His call name him is, smart. No, listen, that. Zeb Smathers. His name is Meb, Zeb Smathers. He's the mayor of a small town, Milltown, down in North Carolina. Zeb Smathers is one of the smartest guys you ever met. Oh, Zeb, Zeb Smathers, Smathers also be, leap year baby. <laughs> Zeb, he's also he's only five years old. Zeb Smathers is going to be uh, Zeb Smathers is going to be a senator from the state of North Carolina. Just you wait. Um, he loves he lives in North Carolina and he loves the Braves. People in South Carolina love the Braves. People in Atlanta love the Braves. People in Tennessee love the Braves. So, like, he was like, it is it is heartbreaking. When I saw that Freddie Freeman fired, goes back to Atlanta, and then the next day fires his agent? Wow, that's some, that's some, that's wild. DVR, what did you think about that? Unexpected, I guess, because, you know, you never know at the time that free agency type things happen. You don't know how much player 
is, is pushing for you know max dollars versus a, a specific location, right? So it gives me the impression that Freddie was more on the do whatever it takes to keep me here. And that's not what his agent necessarily did based on the outcome. Or maybe this is on the front office in Atlanta still, right? I mean, they, they had a choice in this. I don't think this is on the front office in Atlanta. I think that this is on the agent. You think the agent didn't meet Freddie's request to bring whatever Atlanta was asking for, like to, to meet in the middle on something. And then they said, OK, well, we can't go any higher than this. We're going to trade for Matt Olson. And sorry, you can go somewhere else. Here's a story, just in case anyone doesn't know what's going on. As reported in March, Casey Close, lead negotiator for Excel, which is Freeman's agency, contacted Alex Anthropoulos, the head of baseball operations for the Braves, and presented two proposals on behalf of Freeman significantly higher than the $135 million offer the Braves had offered him, giving the team an hour to respond. The Braves bumped their offer to $140 million, not close to Close's proposals. When that deadline passed, sources say Close and Anthropolis agreed that there were no offers on the table. The Braves, believing that Close's deadline meant that Freeman was about to conclude a deal with another team, likely the Dodgers, quickly pivoted to make a blockbuster deal for Oakland Athletic star Matt Olson, signed 27-year-old Olson to an eight-year $168 million contract. This effectively ended any chance Freeman would return. That's uh, Buster Olney from Buster Olney. That's great. So basically, in you this case, <laughs> the agent used the tactic that Freddie probably wasn't on board with because it was, was a bluff at the time. Straight and up bluff. Atlanta just said, um, well, we need a first baseman and we're just going to have to trade for Matt Olson before someone else does. Because if we miss out on Olsen and then you leave to this other offer that we think you have, then we're in a really bad spot. And we just won the World Series and you know we're not going to fall off and lose four or five wins at first base. And on top of that, to add to that, yeah, he says... The, the Braves say, as soon as you sign with the Dodgers, the price for Olsen goes up. Right. Because now we're desperate. Now we can say to Oakland, hey, just take this guy, this guy, and this guy. We don't have to. We can go back to Freddie. So if you want to rebuild and you want to get get value for this guy. So I get where the Braves are coming from, from that side of the story. And I get why that's a bad, don't do that. You can't do that when the guy's going to come back to Atlanta and literally spend three days crying. He's so sad. And he went home. I don't get it. I Honestly, I think it's time for him to to shift his perspective. I'm not going to be But if you're the Dodgers, you got to be like, dude, come on. Grow up. You're here. It's kind of what Kershaw was getting at, I think, right? Yeah. Res- more respectfully, people were saying that Kershaw was slamming Freeman. I didn't get Does anybody have that real quick? Like what Kershaw said? I thought that was kind of nice. He was like. Hey, I know you're feeling it, and it was wow, a lot of big feelings. Like he, you know, he's using like really good, like caring, empathetic language. He called them second fiddles. Yeah, we hope you don't think of us as second fiddles. And he does clearly. He does. <clears throat> he wishes that he was there hugging Chipper Jones, and uh, you know, he misses his. It's like his family. I get it too. It's it's very human. It's kind of like uh, beautiful and human. The whole thing. I, I like it was I enjoyed watching this weekend to see the outpouring of love for him and to see his reaction to it. It got to be much by Sunday. I have to admit when he was still crying on Sunday, I was a little surprised. It's like, mm, I don't know if you still be crying by Sunday, but he'll he'll be better the next time he comes. Uh, one of the thing I wanted to get to last night, the Yankee game, I was at my son's game who pitched for the first time, pitched really well. But that's another story for another time. Came home, watched the end of the Yankee game. Notice that Aaron Boone was thrown out. Did you guys see that Aaron Boone got thrown out yesterday? I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't see that either. 
Here's what happened. <laughs> it didn't really make my radar. You're missing out. Aaron it's Boone worth was it. ejected from a game. Yes, but when I tell you the story. I had Brewers Rays and then I had Ooh, Brewers Giants Rays. How, Tigers. Oh, both great games. How was that? How did Baz look? Let's ch- hold off on Aaron Boone for a second. How did Baz look? I thought he looked really good. I thought Woodruff looked really good too. I was kind of worried that command might be a little shaky for him coming mm-hmm. off of that Renaud syndrome because it you know causes some like numbness or tingling, loss of feeling sometimes. So it seemed like both of those guys looked really good to me. I was encouraged by both. And and Rodon, I did not watch the Rodon start. I watched the last inning where Duval came in and saved Brebia's skin in the eighth. Um, how did how did Rodon look? Does he look just fully back now? I caught more of the end of that game. I think I got in around the seventh inning because I saw Joe Jimenez pitched and he looked really good. I saw Riley Green was making some pretty good decisions in at bat. Like that was, it looked like a very polished veteran taking a late game plate appearance as opposed to you know a young rookie. Kid is really solid. Kid is a really good player and a really good trade chip to use um, because you can dream on him. Dreaming is good. Aaron Boone, Aaron Judge, his first time up, strike two, two to three inches below the line. Young umpire, too, like early 30s, blonde, like tough young guy looking strong, calling strikes on Aaron Judge at his at at Judge's ankles. Now, if it was Altuve, it would have been at his hips, but it was Aaron Judge. So it was at his ankles. Strike three. And Judge kind of winced, but didn't do more as as judges want to do. His next at bat, different pitcher, wasn't no longer Montas. It was a lefty thrown through <laughs> strike two call. I saw all this on Twitter. I didn't see that somebody put it all together. You could put in Boone ejection judge, and you'll see everything I'm describing. The strike two was not just at his ankles, but also two inches inside. And Judge turned around and said, "Are you kidding me?" And Judge never ever does that. Are you kidding me? That is not a strike. Like with a little bit of anger. And then he shakes his head and gets back in the box, which is why they should give him the money. And we don't want a Freddie Freeman situation, though I doubt Fre- I, I doubt Judge is going to cry the same way Freeman did. Only because he, he doesn't love New York in the same way that apparently Freddie Freeman just loves Atlanta um, and the Braves. Third, third at bat, strike two, three inches below the zone. Judge says, no, that's a ball. Boone starts losing it from the dugout. Full savages in the box. John Boy's going to do one. Going to happen. And he's like, and the umpire looks at him and says, stop or I'm going to throw you out. And Boone is like, oh, you're going to throw me out because I am not going to stop. Are you kidding me? You are the worst. That is low. All of them are low. You're going to see it. He sees it. This guy sees it. This guy sees it. And I'm like, if Aaron Judge, if I'm Aaron Judge and I'm watching Aaron Boone, not like kind of like, oh, I'm going to give you my point of view about this. But no, you're going to have to throw me out because I'm going to embarrass you so wildly because you've embarrassed yourself. It was awesome to watch. And my feelings about Boone as a manager have grown because his confidence has grown. His confidence has grown to the point that he's not, he like he didn't throw his gum. He took the gum out of his mouth and he said, I'm about to, I'm about to, it's like, it's like a guy who's like, I'm going to kick your ass now, fella. Like, actually, no, I'm just going to beat you and I'm going to stay out here and I'm going to beat you. and You're going to have to throw me out. If I'm Aaron Judge, I may want to stay in New York just to keep Aaron Boone as my manager, though. I do think San Francisco has a really good shot to get him. You want to keep going? All right. 
Well, the only thing I would say is please watch how players think. Please, if you DVR gave me a little bit of a hard time, he was like, you know, you're trained. I don't, you didn't give me a hard time, but you were like, Ian, you're trained at this. Like, this is what you do. Here's what I'll say. If you actually are watching the players think, since we talked about it last week, if you spend your time watching the players think and you're conscious about it, you'll be 25% an expert at it within a week. Within three weeks, if you're really looking at it, you'll be 50% an expert. And within three months, you'll be at 75%. And then the rest, who knows? But it is a skill set as a fantasy player to watch how people think. I really believe that. I really believe that. So please practice it. Just practice it. Just do it. It makes the game far more fun. Try to figure out what the pitcher is thinking. Try to figure out if he believes in himself or if he's scared. Simple stuff. You should talk to Joel Pinheiro. Okay. Well, we can. We, you're you're going to be gone soon for a little. Yeah, while. yeah. Bring him on. Run some. Right. Run some of the stuff by him. I don't need to. I know. Well, it's I, right. I think it'd be interesting. I mean, you're talking about. You think you know what the pitchers are thinking, but maybe he could, you know, add some insight to that. I think I know what the pitchers are thinking. I think I know what the hitters are thinking. I think I know what the managers are thinking when they're walking out to take out their. Like, if you watch Cash in Tampa Bay, he that guy knows how to take a pitcher out. If he wants to get the guy out fast because he doesn't like how it's going, he runs out there because he's trying to shift the momentum of the game. It's all momentum. It's all keeping momentum in place. In the game last night, we were up five to one. The kids were up. I wasn't up. I was on the other side of the fence. One of our players got picked off. The momentum shifted to the other side. Then the pitcher on our team made a ridiculous play, like a diving, like it was like a rocket back and he like reached behind him brought the momentum back to our side it's all momentum and it's the masters of the momentum that are the great managers why i still think dave martinez is the locks i still think he's a bad manager i know he won the world series but i still think he's a bad manager and why i think that aaron boone with his confidence building with every win is becoming a better and better manager as he goes and his proof to me was him getting out there last night and putting his face in the face of the umpire saying you suck how about that You suck at your job, or at least you sucked tonight with this guy. And you know what that's going to make it? That people who, other umpires are going to watch that, and they're going to say, I can't call that pitch on Aaron Judge, or Aaron Boone is going to come out and yell at me. I need to be conscious, as this giant is in the box, that if it's at his ankles, even though it looks like a strike to me here, I need to make the adjustment. That's good managing. And as Aaron Judge, I love that. Diver, you haven't said much this show at all, man, and it's almost time to go. I'm still elated from the Brewers fever dream. Yeah, <laughs> that must be it. Spencer Howard, actually, Levi Weaver wrote a story about how the the Rangers' um, young arms have been kind of disappointing this year, and the young, like the minor league arms. And he brought up Spencer Howard, who's been okay, um, has a 0.87 WHIP and 19 strikeouts in 15 innings, but a 5.40 ERA in his last three starts. Is that, uh, Diver, is that heartening or disheartening for you if you're looking at someone, you know, deeper league, let me grab someone who might be up in a couple weeks and doing well. I'm in on Spencer Howard as a deeper league pitcher that might actually be useful later this season. He's gone at least five innings and five straight starts at AAA. It's hard to pitch in AAA. The K's have been there. Control's been a little better the last three times out. Hasn't had a home run problem. I, I mean, if we're talking about... Um, if Dean Kramer is relevant in your league right now, Spencer Howard will probably be relevant in that same league later on Ooh. this season. Good. Oh. How about Garrett Hill? Tigers minor leaguer is having a season. What is he doing? Uh, well, in well in Erie, I guess. Uh, 2.25 ERA, 52 strikeouts in 32 innings, 
9-1 whip. Uh, looks like he went to Toledo and has gotten knocked around just a little bit, but more recently he's been great. I mean, his his season lines right now, 3.39 ERA, 91 Ks and 63 and two-thirds, 1.084 whip. That's good. How hard how hard does he do we know how hard he throws? Does he does he have high velocity? Or is he doing it with smoke and mirrors? I gotta say ninety six point seven. Wow. Wait, right. you're just making, I'm making that, that up. up. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying that. <laughs> 96.7 <laughs> I'm making is, that up. Ninety six point seven is pretty good. And with an eighty three uh off speed. Here's here's what you got. Uh I just found this real quick search and forum. Fangrass, older depth arms is the group they put him in when they were breaking down the tiger system back in January. Uh, Tigers didn't protect him from the rule five draft this past offseason, mostly sat 91 to 94 during his fall league stint breaking ball, especially a slider with harder than it was during the regular season has a splitter for an out pitch four pitch spot starter type is what they labeled him as nice out a lot of guys for a spot starter. He's 26 already. I don't mind 26. I kind of like 26. He's a slam ages Bly Madras. There you go. That's what I mean. Well, actually, no, a- not really. <laughs> <laughs> he's five there you go now that's our out that's our pullback that's our seinfeld moment where we bring it all back around we should go then <laughs> yep that's uh, next week we'll keep ken giles in for next week and narciso crook and ryan your boy rylan bannon your boy 1.424 ops the last two weeks don't 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 discount the fact that he went down to the minors he goes back down he goes you know what i'm a major league player now playing in triple a i can do this and now i'm going to go back up to the major leagues and i'm going to hit really do think that works and hey keep an eye on nick senzel because he got oh, hot dude senzel you were so right all week i'm like senzel oh he stole senzel stole another base senzel stolen i all week i was like nando yeah nando he's got a couple steals he's he's got like a couple multi-hit games a few yeah. multi-hit games he's got he's that average good. Up. he had a really good week yeah it's on base with catcher's interference a lot does he really yeah it's really strange what more could you feel, ask for i feel like catcher's interference you should get a hit out of it shouldn't just it shouldn't be like an error like, i don't know I, I mean i guess it's an error but like it's a skill yeah, it, it's an error yeah all right we gotta go let's let's go now i think we've hit i think we've hit that time for the man for the man who's gonna be burning his team dvr hats for brewers ones Da-da-da-da. <laughs> I'll never do it. I'll make the Team DVR hats the same color as a Brewer's hat just to blend in. For the man who's going to have to explain to Zeb Smathers tomorrow why he has seven new <laughs> fantasy baseball followers. Ian Cass. Zeb Smathers is going to be really good about that because Zeb Smathers likes followers. Zeb Smathers, if you go look him up right now, everyone listening, is about one-third the age that you think he is. Dude, Zeb Smathers is a future senator from the state of North Carolina, and I got stories about Zeb Smathers. 35 years old, mayor. My daddy was the mayor. My grandpappy was the mayor, and I'm the mayor, and I dealt with the flood, and we used some of our money for a fire truck. And a fire truck ain't just about a fire truck. It's about hope. A fire truck is about hope. Now do Ariel Cohen doing Zeb Smathers. <laughs> I, we can't. Gotta I can't. We, all right, we fine. We got to go. Thank you, all for, thank you all for listening. Good luck with your teams. Don't piss off your Dynasty League mates. We'll see you later. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. Bye. Bye.